0: Fantasy football league, both from the start of the season, middle of the season, and later on. The key, though, is to understand and be ahead of the game before that impact happens. So, today it's a little state of the union a, a rookie report, a snapshot of where every single rookie from Drake London to Jalen Warren are at ahead of week one of the NFL kickoff. And no better person to do that with than Jared Smola of Draft Sharks. Jared. On one hand, you're probably really relieved that the preseason is over, but you can be honest—you miss it a little bit.
1: <laughs> a little bit. I'm ready for some real football, though. I feel like we've been doing this, you know, dr- fantasy draft coverage for like five months because we literally have, like, it starts yeah. in February now. Cause, you know, largely because of you guys, are an underdog. Um, so I'm I'm ready for some real football and start to you know, dissect that stuff.
0: Okay, we're going to try to be really snappy. That is my promise. Also, for those asking where Hayden Winks is, he got Trey Sermoned from the show so we really are going to focus on again where each rookie is at heading into to week 1 and to get ahead of when they might break out no better place to start jared than the 8th overall pick in the nfl draft his name is drake london we had one beautiful catch 23 <laughs> yards still being drafted as wide receiver 37 and in that one preseason game he took each of the first 5 s- snaps before leaving with a knee injury
1: And we haven't seen him since, right? That was on August 12th. So it's been three and a half weeks. No Drake London. I'm I'm starting to get a little nervous. I mean, the Falcons have downplayed this injury and said it's nothing long-term.
0: I believe he did return in some form or fashion on practice here on Monday. And Ah, since we do have that one catch, why don't we just take a look at it, Jared? Because it's beautiful, man. It's a crossing route over the middle of the field, catches it, runs. I know that I've ended up with a lot of Drake London heading into into the season. He's in that territory where it's like that Devontae Smith, DeAndre Hopkins pocket of wide receivers, and he's at the top of that list. So let's say health is isn't an issue here at all. We believe he is the odds on favorite to leave all rookie wide receivers in every single category.
1: Yeah, he's got to be right. Just because of volume, mostly, right? I mean, it's Drake London and and, uh, Kyle Pitts in that passing game and CPAD, I guess. Um, But and to me, too, I thought that Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter looked better than expected in the preseason. So that Falcons offense might not be as big a dumpster fire as we thought it was going to be.
0: Well, I forgot to say that we're going to go here in NFL draft order for some twisted reason. I thought that that was maybe a good way to look back at how long this summer has been and how things have changed kind of. So again, another top 10 pick Garrett Wilson with the New York Jets. Wide receiver 57 right now. The big question for me, Jared, has he cracked two wide receiver sets?
1: I don't think he's cracked three wide receiver sets. Yeah. I, I think the Jets are going to open with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore on the outside and Braxton Berrios in the slot. I don't think that's going to last. Um, but I, I also don't think that Wilson's going to be a factor early on this season.
0: And his talent is a lot of fun, right? Like he can be used in the slot, most certainly on the outside as a, a player who can win with separation to his game. But for a top 10 selection, this team was really already set up at wide receiver with Corey Davis, who coming off somewhat of a down year last year. But there's some Mm -hmm. optimism around that. And obviously, they gave Braxton Berrios a contract for Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore is by far and away the number one guy. So it kind of feels like Garrett Wilson is in that post by rookie bump. But we're going to say that a lot for a lot of these players heading into year one.
1: Yeah, I think the question to me is, does Wilson overtake Corey Davis on the outside or Braxton Berrios in the slot? To me, you know, Berrios would make more sense. But, you know, the Jets seem to really like him.
0: And again, wide receiver 57. That is now after Josh Palmer, Michael Gallup, Romeo Dobbs, and then that's Garrett Wilson's name. Okay. About 14 spots ahead. That is Chris Olave. Uh, It's almost been nothing shocking, nothing overhyped to Chris Olave's solid, steady, I think just like his game so far this preseason.
1: Yeah, and he is locked into at least three wide receiver sets, maybe even two wide receiver sets if you know he's going to be the other outside guy opposite Michael Thomas with Landry in the slot. But in that preseason finale when Jameis Winston played, Olave did play eight of 11 snaps with Winston. So that's kind of confirmation that he's going to be out there come week one. I think Michael Thomas's hamstring is yep. sort of the big question with Olave. I mean, Thomas is, is still sidelined last I heard. So that could, you know, if he's not ready for the opener, that would mean a pretty big role for Olave out of the gate.
0: Okay. Continue on first round wide receivers, Jameson Williams. We know he's been dealing with a torn ACL. It's almost been mixed messages on his return. Remember back all the way, like in June or July, we got something from Peter King that said, Hey, expect to maybe late October, early November, sometime around Thanksgiving. Meanwhile, the lines have come out and said, uh, Brad Holmes, our general manager, that he's ahead of schedule. I'm not drafting any Jameson Williams right now.
1: Me either. Um, I think in that same quote from the GM, um, he again said like, we're going to take it super slow with this. We're in no hurry to rush James Williams back on the field. I, yeah, I think it's going to be the second half of the season before we see him. Yeah.
0: And archetype wise fits very well with what they wanted from DJ Chark. Who's obviously on a one-year contract. So you can easily paint the narrative that hey, yeah. this might be the type of player that obviously he compliments him could do it that way or just overtakes him heading into year two. Okay. John Dotson, another first round wide receiver, uh, at some point he was overlooked this off season, right? Because of all these other first round picks, it felt like he was the latest first round wide receiver, almost ever to stay on boards. Uh, wide receiver 58. Now um, remember I said there was that clump with Garrett Wilson, where he was here being drafted. Jahan Dotson is one spot after that. And by all accounts, he lit up camp Jared.
1: Yeah, I think he's still under drafted at wide receiver 58. Um, and he is another guy locked into two wide receiver sets. He played, Dotson played every single snap, or he ran a route on every single one of Carson Wentz's dropbacks yep. this preseason. So it's you know him and McClure on the outside. Curtis Samuel is going to play, in through wide receiver sets. I get that the upside isn't super exciting for Dotson. I didn't think he was a high upside prospect to begin with, and he's in Washington. McLaurin's still there. They're going to get Logan Thomas back, but. Um, again, I, I think a wide receiver 58, Dotson's a pretty good bet to, to beat that price tag. Yeah, and
0: Dotson played at Penn State with a quarterback that was throwing outside of his frame <laughs> at all times. Now he's yes. with Carson Wentz, and really, to me, the, the number one advantage now that Carson Wentz Yes, I said that where it brings the table for Washington is success outside the numbers and down the field in comparison to Taylor Heineke. Like you go back and watch those snaps for Terry McLaurin. Points were erased. Fancy points were erased for Terry McLaurin last year on those targets. John Dotson can really live over the middle of the field if he wants to and win in that garbage in those tight spaces. But also, by all accounts, again, we haven't really seen it during these preseason games, but in training camp, he's been making big plays down the field too. And again, it's like... Joshua Palmer, Michael Gallup, Julio Jones, he's he's going after. And we're getting Jahan Dotson as a starter in two wide receiver sets immediately yeah. in week one.
1: If this was a bold take show, I would say that Jahan Dotson outscores Terry McLaurin this season in fantasy Wow. Fancy. <laughs> love, possible, Love that.
0: Okay. One more first round pick at wide receiver. And it's been a tumultuous summer for Traylon Burks, wide receiver 49. Still, still ahead of every name we've talked about, except for Drake London. Um, Where are we at? Where are you at with with Traylon Burks? Because we've actually seen a lot of him during preseason games, maybe too much (laughs) because he's been playing into the second, into the third, into the fourth quarter at times. But as much as we've seen him in preseason games, he certainly isn't on uh, Mike Vrabel's happy list in terms of finishing these practices, too.
1: Yeah, the preseason usage, usage was concerning. Like, I don't think Burks is going to open the season as a full time player. Um, I think he's going to get on the field because they need him. But that's less of a concern to me because I do think eventually, I mean, he, he's going to pass Nick Westbrook Akini. Like, if he doesn't, that's a major problem. So I think Burks' playing time will be fine. My bigger concern is he, to, he just didn't look very good to me in the preseason. He looked kind of sluggish to me. Uh, the numbers back that up as far as yards per out run 0. 0.8 yards per out run for Traylon Burks this season. That was a bottom, uh, bottom. 20 mark among like 170 qualifying wide receivers. Like he just was not productive. And I get he's you know playing with backups most of that time. Um again, he's even looking at the tape, like he didn't stand out to me. So he's cheap enough in these in these underdog drafts. I'm still taking some shots, but um, I think it might be the second half of the season before we really see Burks do much.
0: So we've ended the first round wide receivers. Let's take a little pause here and, and kind of recap. For Drake London, we know he's gonna be their number one quote unquote wide receiver, maybe number two pass catcher. For Garrett Wilson, he hasn't even cracked full-time top three wide receiver status yet. Chris Olave has, but I think that there are questions of how much that team is going to throw based on what we saw for Jameis Winston in those first few starts, because it's like 20 attempts versus 35 attempts. I'm leaning more towards the latter. Jameis Williams, not going to help until later in the season. Jahan Dotson locked into two wide receiver sets. And again, that brings us to Traylon Burks here, who, if you had to fill up the depth chart, like right now, again, on what? September 5th. He's the fourth wide receiver, even running after Kyle Phillips in the slot. He's going to overtake them at some point, but I also think this is, I don't know the right term to say, but like it's difficult because if he's not practicing, we have seen Mike Vrabel. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're Julio Jones, a future hall of famer, if you don't practice and if you can't you know, show that you're worthy, then he's not just going to put you out in the field, no matter how hamstrung or how much they are needed to have explosive weapons at wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there's it, not a guarantee he moves into the top, you know, two at any point this season. I think he will. Um, and I still think there's upside there just with, you know, with his after catch ability in this offense. But I mean, it, it, there's definitely no guarantees with him.
0: I, I almost think your optimism for Traylon Burks is attached to maybe your evaluation of him heading into the draft, right? Because I know a lot of the dynasty community loved him as the number one wide receiver this mm-hmm. year. And if, if they think that he was on the plane of an A.J. Brown-like talent, then boom, inevitably, he's going to, to hit that mark. I had questions. I think you yeah. had questions, too, because there were manufactured touches. There weren't that yeah. many you know, X-isolated wide receiver snaps. Now, when he was isolated, it was fantastic. He won down the field and everything else that you wanted. But it almost feels like the Titans, more than any other group, from a coaching staff standpoint, need to be proven. You need to earn your spot versus it just yes. given to you on a
1: silver platter. So. And to me, the AJ Brown comps were always ridiculous. I never Same. saw that. Um, but again, I I, I like Burke's fine coming out. I think you know he he's not super polished, but he can make plays if Tennessee knows how to use him correctly at this point of his, you know, this stage of his career.
0: Okay, the twentieth overall pick. Can he pick it? Another weird off
1: based
0: on. Camp news, because at some point he was locked in as the third quarterback. Then he went out there and Jared immediately in preseason games. I thought he really contended and looked almost like their best starter. Everything was quick. Um, even when disruption and pressure got to his face, he was attacking more and more down the field. So it's not as clear cut to me that Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starter for here on out. In fact, it would not be shocking at all if by week two or week three. We get Kenny Pickett as a starter.
1: Yeah, I'm expecting you to see Pickett, you know, by October at the latest. Uh, man, all the camp reports out of Pittsburgh were like, this quarterback situation is a disaster. And then Pickett, as you said, looked excellent. I mean, 81% completion rate for him in the preseason. I thought Trubisky looked fine too, you know, good enough to at least hang on to that week one starting job. Um, so to me, that's like good news for Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and George Pickett. I think this, this quarterback play, you know, is going to be good enough to support them as fantasy options.
0: Okay. Round two time. We go to the 34th overall selection this past April. Christian Watson, who is still going ahead of Robbie Anderson. It's been quite a drop in his ADP over the last few months. And it's because, Jared, we haven't seen him for a single snap in preseason. But he is back in practice as of today, just before week
1: one. Yeah. You know, plenty of opportunity for him to climb this step chart pretty quickly. Right. I mean, I don't think any of us believe in Sammy Watkins at this point. Randall Cobb is is Randall Cobb. even Alan Lazard is, you know, a very unproven number one wide receiver. So, again, Watson, it's not going to happen out of the gate for him, I don't think, after missing all that practice time. But, you know, by October, I, I could see him you know, being part of this, part of these top three wide receivers.
0: Yeah, he has dropped 60 spots since June 1st. That is only fewer than Tim Patrick and Jameson Crowder at the wide receiver position. Um, we even got news today, and this might be outdated by the time you're watching this, that Alan Lazard was not practicing. On Monday, which kind of came out of nowhere, Christian Watson is back in again. It's such a it's an unknown. It's a mystery. We haven't seen him on the field. He was a a late producing prospect in terms of his age and how he was so athletically dominant at North Dakota State. He was a type of player that I would have loved to have seen. In preseason games, so again, this is one that can completely shock us, and he can come in and look amazing from the first snap or the first game that he does play. Or I can totally see that it's through nine games, and we haven't really heard a peep out of Christian Watson.
1: Yeah, I was much lower than consensus on Watson pre-draft. But then you look at the draft capital he got, you know, landing in this opportunity for playing time with a Hall of Fame quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. Like, I I definitely see the upside. So at, at that ADP in drafts now, I think he's definitely worth taking a shot on.
0: He's the mystery box of these uh, rookie wide receivers. Brees Hall, running back 18 right now on underdog, 49th overall. Um, At this point, despite being drafted in almost that running back dead zone, he is not the clear feature back on his own team. Uh, Michael Carter has been deemed the 1A by beat writers, has been running hand in hand with Brees Hall. Uh, We know that Michael Carter was a great runner last season.
1: Yeah, he worked ahead of Hall in all three of those preseason games. Now, the gap did tighten in the preseason finale. It was uh, 12 snaps for Carter to nine for Hall. I think we are going to see like something very close to a 50-50 split out of the gate. I, I'm curious to see who handles passing situations. I think that's going to be key. We know that's big for fantasy. We know this is a Jets team that's going to be playing from behind quite a bit. So how those passing snaps are be? that's what I'm going to have a, an eye on early on. I, I like Hall at his deflated ADP now. You know He was going in the third round. For a while there. Now you can you know get him in the fifth quite often. I think he's definitely worth taking a shot on as someone who, you know, probably in the back half of the season, maybe emerges as the clear lead guy and really becomes a difference maker.
0: Yeah. He and Travis ETN almost had connected ADPs at points this summer. Uh, ETN has kind of stuck in that third round range at 36th overall. But as you said, Brees Hall has dropped down to 49th overall. If this were a bold prediction show, I would say that Michael Carter outscores Brees Hall this season. Um, but I think part of that is maybe out touches him is the easier prediction because Brees is so much more explosive and this is why they drafted him, right? Like when you go back and yeah. listen to Joe Douglas, it's saying that, Hey, it's getting away from the 12 play drives and in turn, turning them into four or five play drives. And Brees Hall has that ability to work the seams, work the open field. And I think because of that, even though Michael Carter during his time at UNC was so good in passing situations and, <laughs> Even during his rookie season proved so well between the tackles. I think he's a better between the tackles runner than Brice Hall, but Brice Hall is more explosive so maybe in the passing game they get him more and more involved. But I'm I'm with you like even as I say that he is absolutely the type that again we forget about his status heading into the season and when like mm-hmm. week 9 or week 10 rolls around, he could be the clear leader as well.
1: It's so funny how this stuff works Was like right after Hall got drafted, I was like lower than consensus on him. And I was saying like, you know, Michael Carter's good right. He had a good rookie season. Like, I know he was a fourth round pick, but at some point, like he was a good prospect. He had a good rookie year. Like you have to, you know, think that he's most likely a good player. It's not just going to go away. So
0: I, maybe the best way to frame this question is people had to draft him as at least a flex option heading into week one. I know we have three, four, five days until kickoff. Would you be comfortable starting him in a flex position in week one? Because
1: I absolutely would not. Right. I have some teams that have like Brees Hall and Cordell or Patterson. I'm going to start Patterson over Brees Hall week one.
0: Yep. I think that's a good way to end that one. Okay. Kenneth Walker, uh, just a few picks later in the actual NFL draft. Still being drafted as running back 40. You talked about how these can be long summers. There was a section of this offseason where I was advocating heavily for Kenneth Walker just because of his you know, rushing ability, pure rushing ability that he showed in college. Now it's some mysterious, random, unknown hernia injury that we're getting both negative and positive reports, it feels like in conjunction with Kenneth Walker, where we truly don't know when he's going to touch the field right now.
1: Right. Still sidelined uh after mid-August hernia surgery. Not not sports hernia, Linda, don't call it sports hernia. No. Be careful. <laughs> so um yeah, and you know we we saw Walker in the first preseason game. But Rashad Penny did not play in the game, so we didn't get a look of you know what these guys are going to look like in tandem. Um, I think you know Penny's going to get the first shot here to be the lead back, but it's Rashad Penny. He has not been able to stay healthy throughout his entire career either. So I think at some point you're going to get a look at Kenneth Walker as they you know the clear lead back here in Seattle. And I guess it is
0: worth bringing up the the difference in designation of sports hernia versus whatever this is because like rashad bateman dealt with the sports hernia last year as a yeah. wide receiver and missed the first six seven games so if he doesn't miss again we have we have no idea um i i know R- rashad pain is six career starts that we saw at the end of last season mm-hmm. was like the league's best running back by a lot of metrics um i still think that it's being overlooked how much of a talented player Kenneth Walker is but it's tough for me to keep repeating that every single show when we truly might not see him until week four week five and then at that point we're also seeing now passing down work going to DJ Dallas and Travis Homer and some other players too
1: that that's the problem I mean this could be a three-man backfield on a bad football team and if that's the case uh, it's going to be you know something you want to stay away from Wandale Robinson
0: next up in the actual NFL draft still being drafted as wide receiver 68 Jared, dare I say that Wandale Robinson had the cleanest offseason among <laughs> Giants wide receivers?
1: Oh, easily, right? I mean, Kadarius Tony dealing with injuries. Kenny Galladay, like every report you read on him is negative. And, you, you know, watch the preseason games. So he he kind of looks like he's done. Um, so, yeah, Wandale's, Wandale's a guy I really like, especially at that ADP. He seems like he's locked in as the slot receiver in that for that first team offense.
0: Okay, let me bring up his range because it's yeah. one pick before KJ Hamler among wide receivers, one spot after KJ Osborne. Okay, Uh, I will take K.J. Osborne every single time over Wanda, because I think that's a better offense. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand like gravitating towards the rookies. Uh, Wandale has a little bit of running back experience in his past. I know that Mike Kafka, Brian Dayball might change a few things around. But again, this is a slot receiver through and through attached to Daniel Jones and like just a, a bad, I think, offense in comparison to what Minnesota might put out there.
1: I, to me, like the downside case for for Wandell this season is what we saw out of Rondell Moore last year, where just the A dot is way too small for him to make a, a big impact, especially in you know, like a half PPR setting, like underdog. Um, so yeah, I'm with you that KJ Osborne's a better pick. I mean, you know they're both the you know third options in their passing games likely, and, and the Vikings passing game is when we want to invest in more than the Giants.
0: Okay, well, quickly on these names, John Mechie obviously is dealing with leukemia right now in Houston. Uh, Thornton is out eight weeks with a collarbone injury, despite looking great during his first preseason game. Next up is George Pickens wide receiver 47. Uh, maybe no player this preseason. Well, few others have garnered the same reaction nationwide from football fans and, and fantasy football players than than George Pickens. I mean, this has been a skyrocketing rise. What do you expect from George Pickens now with his standing? Because this is a trio that's really talented in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, I think Pickens might end up playing more snaps than Chase Claypool. You know, when all three of them were on the field this preseason, it was Pickens and Deontay Johnson on the outside. Chase Claypool in the slot, which I like that fit for him. Um but again when Pittsburgh goes two wide receivers, if it's if it's Pickens and, and Deontay Johnson that, you know, that, to me that makes Pickens The better bet for, for more fantasy points than Chase Claypool this year.
0: Yeah. I think we only saw four snaps of that when Deontay Johnson returned to the field after his extension in in two wide receiver sets. George Pickens got two of them, Chase Claypool got two of them, and Deontay Johnson got all four of them. So again, that's one lesson that we're going to learn immediately. Mm -hmm. But also we have seen him show just amazing concentration and timing along the sideline and the end zone, creating that little sliver of separation. The talent is undeniable as an outside X. And you know Chase Claypool, at least statistically, has declined in his game. Each and every season since that rookie year, I actually think the slot's going to be good for him, but he's a very different slot than we've seen, you know, accustomed to traditionally with these shorter, quicker, shiftier slot receivers. In fact, he's probably going to be a barreling power slot receiver too.
1: Yeah. And he, like the buzzy August for Pickens is much easier for me to buy into than you know someone like Romeo Dobbs because Pickens, you know, he was a second round pick, but I think he probably would have been a first round pick had he not torn his ACL early on last season so i got, you know i was i was ready to be in on george pickens you know if we got something like this in august
0: okay we're on a run of skill vision players because the 53rd overall player last year's draft is alec pierce of the indianapolis colts it's almost been a quiet preseason for alec pierce we haven't seen like a big play to mm-hmm. his name but you know that number two wide receiver gig is wide open for the indianapolis you yeah. know michael pittman is is a future star and it seems like every single day beat writers say like hey It's Paris Campbell's job right now, but don't be surprised if Alec Pierce eventually, sooner rather than later, takes his job.
1: Yeah, so we know Pierce is one of the top three Colts wide receivers. They kind of rotated who was playing in two wide receiver sets in preseason games. It was uh, Paris Campbell got that work in the first one. Alec Pierce got it in the second, and they went back to Campbell in the third, you know, playing in two wide receiver sets opposite Michael Pittman. I mean, to me, you know, Campbell's a slot receiver to me whereas Pierce is that bigger-bodied outside guy. So I think eventually you're going to see Pierce emerge as the guy who's on the field in two wide receiver sets.
0: Yeah, the Athletics beat writer said, quote, I don't expect Paris Campbell to get the same number of targets, especially in the red zone, that Pierce should get given his physical attributes and ability to win jump balls. He might be the most overlooked rookie like value overall as we head on throughout this offseason, because I think Matt Ryan is just a huge boost from an efficiency standpoint from this passing game. I think Frank Reich is going to be able to open some things up. And again, if you just look at the the ceilings of the two players, like Paris Campbell is still being drafted in every single league. He's not disappearing at all, yeah. but like the ceiling in the two, I know that Paris Campbell is not small. He's six feet tall versus six, three out <coughs> Pierce, but Pierce has like really downfield ability and that red zone ability, like touchdowns, touchdowns are pretty yes. important for fancy football.
1: I, was, I would say I definitely prefer Pierce. On underdog with the half PPR, and like you said, the touchdowns and the, and the big playability on Pierce. I think he's the better best ball pick. Okay.
0: Sky Moore was next in the NFL draft. Uh, he is going 29 spots at wide receiver ahead of Alec Pierce, his wide receiver 44. That's also ahead of his teammate, Marquez yeah. valdes Scantling. That's also ahead of Robert Woods. That's ahead of George Pickens, who we talked about. Meanwhile, Jared, not to steer your thunder here. Miko Harbin remains the clear wide receiver three. And we've seen that Sky Moore has been running this entire preseason, basically, with who's playing and who is not in these preseason games as the wide receiver five behind Justin yes. Watson.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I you know, I am terrified. I have like almost zero Sky Moore. He just goes way too early for me. You know, he he he's not someone you can, you know, throw in a fantasy lineup earlier this season. I think he's gonna be, you know, at best like a 50% snap player out of the gate. Now he you know, he could earn more. Yeah, you know, I don't really believe in McCole Harmon and MBS. We'll see how he works out in Kansas city, but you know, out of the gate, um, you know, Sky Moore is not going to be on the field enough to use in fantasy lineups.
0: You have to really, really want Sky Moore to exit with him in drafts right now. It's really that exactly. simple because he's going around Dak Prescott among running backs. It's like Damien Harris or CPAT that you're talking about. We named all those wide receivers. The people who listen and watch the show know that I love MBS all offseason, season, and especially in comparison to the price of, of Sky Moore. But, you know, he's drafted as your fourth or fifth wide receiver and there's no yeah. way you can play him in week one period.
1: I, yeah, I really think more that Sky Moore was more of a 2023 play for the chiefs. And like, if they need him this year, if he ends up, you know, contributing this year, it's kind of just a bonus for them.
0: And to your point that you haven't ended up with him in a lot of drafts, it's not because we don't think he's a talented player. Like we, we oh, definitely yeah. do. And like, I've loved see, seeing him in practice and, you know, in whatever action we have seen in, in preseason games. Uh, it, it's just that, from what may June, it was driven up and up and up. And then despite new information, his ADP really hasn't dropped in comparison to the Christian Watsons of the world and other names that we've talked about Garrett Wilson's even, you know,
1: yeah. Town's a player playing with Patrick Mahomes. Like he he could totally burn me if, if he, you know, moves into a top three spot in this step trip. Again, I just think it's more likely to happen in in 2023.
0: So the Arizona Cardinals, their first, their first pick this past April was 55th overall in the second round and after giving Zacherts a massive contract they still go out there and select trey mcbride uh, we've heard very little of trey mcbride this preseason the cardinals have not tried out their starting lineup at all so what should we know about trey mcbride when everyone's looking for a, a late round tight end to to maybe hit this offseason
1: yeah mcbride missed some time in early august i think with it with a back injury was it um, so that's part of the reason he was quiet, I think. But he did play in the final two preseason games. Really interesting usage from McBride. I mean, 41% of his uh, snaps came in the slot. Uh, he had another 14% in the backfield, another 11% out wide. So, you know, only about a third of his snaps were in line in the preseason, which is kind of what we want out of our fantasy tight end. So that was interesting. Another interesting thing here, too, is Zach Ertz, has been sidelined for almost a month now with a calf injury. That's sort of gone underreported. Um, Cliff Kingsbury made it seem like he's like iffy for week one. Ertz is. Um, so I mean, McBride might kind of be forced into a pretty significant role right out of the eight. He, McBride's been a guy I've been adding at the very end of underdog drafts lately, like uh, You know, the, the past week or so. Yeah.
0: This last week, if you're filling out the puppy, which just launched, he's tied in 34. Like he's the 18th round pick right now. If, if you need one, because Isaiah likely who we'll talk about later. I was <laughs> going in like round 15 or or round 16. Okay, there was one more skill position player there in round 2, and it's James Cook, 34 first overall in round 2, 63rd overall. Um he's still being drafted as running back 36, you know? And that's ahead of his <laughs> yeah. teammate Devin Singletary as we sit here yeah. today, Jared. Is that fair?
1: It's high for me, especially because we're talking half PPR and underdog. I think he has more value in PPR leagues. I don't know if if you look at the preseason usage, you should, usage you should, Cook is going to open as, you know, third on the depth chart quote-unquote depth chart behind Singletary and Moss. I also think, though, he's almost going to play a completely different position for the Bills than Singletary and Moss. And I wonder if Buffalo has just sort of hid their plans for Cook this in preseason. Like He has taken 90-something percent of his snaps from the backfield. I think they're going to split him out wide a bit more than what we saw in the preseason. So he'll be an interesting guy to watch in that Thursday night opener against the Rams. I'm curious to see if he you know plays a bigger role than what we saw in the preseason
0: his running back archetype is so different than a lot of the players he's drafted around. Like mm-hmm. again, he's running back 36. Melvin Gordon was drafted as running back 38. And like something happens to Javante Williams and you have a top 10 running back and Melvin yeah. Gordon. Right. Versus again, a, at least right now, a role player, and James Cook, who, you know, they chased Jaden McKissick, as we all know, in free agency. They kept chasing it in the draft, and I actually think, like, as an outside runner, as an outside zone runner, he can be really effective, but he's in this trio, and it's in a trio, Jared, that, I know Hayden has pointed this out, last year, we really, for stretches, saw Devin Singletary be, like, by far and away, the lead ball carrier on this team, and it still didn't result in that many fancy (laughs) points, because of the high-value touches being dispersed to the Quarterback and, you know, to the wide receivers versus what we've seen with like a James Conner, for example. So now, even with Zach Moss in the fold, it's just amazing to me that throughout the entire summer, basically, James Cook, Devin Singletary were locked into the top 100. Now they're just right outside of it. But at that price with all three, I still don't want really any piece of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Josh Allen, obviously around the goal line, I think it sounds like Zach Moss has sort of captured the goal line role too. I don't think Cook's going to get much of that. Again, I do think there's still a chance he plays a big role in the passing game, but again, on an underdog with the half PPR, that's just not as valuable as as it is on a full PPR site.
0: Okay. Round two done. Round three time. Can you name the first wide receiver drafted in round three this past April?
1: Uh, Velas Jones.
0: Yeah, you nailed it. The 71st nice. overall selection in Velas Jones. I believe we saw him as a returner in preseason week one. The Chicago bears are in dire straits at their wide receiver room at the moment. It's Darnell Mooney and that is it. And I think Velas Jones is also dealing with his own injury at this time.
1: Yeah, he's hurt. Uh, Byron is hurt. I think Equanimous St. Brown's going to open the season as Chicago's number two. It's just, it's so sad for Justin Fields. Like, I, I, I think he could break out this year if he was in a better situation, but it's going to be tough for him. Uh, Villas Jones is still interesting to me, though, as a final round pick, just because the depth chart is so barren. We know he has the speed. He got nice draft capital. Chicago going to want to get something out of him this season. So he's a guy who, you know, could make four or five big plays this season, and that's kind of all you need out of an 18th round pick.
0: And I know that we were even talking about Byron Pringle back in like May and June and early parts of these drafts be like, hey, he's a good final round pick because he's at least going to be out there in two receiver sets. He's not out there. He's also hurt (laughs) at this time. So and they I know they went out and and signed Amir Smith-Marset after the Vikings cut him. Who knows? I'm with you. Like, I worry. I'm I'm excited for Justin Fields because it feels like this offense is heading in a good direction from a play calling standpoint because they've gotten him out in the move a lot. I'm sure you've noticed this in preseason games and just moving that pocket. But I do feel that this could be a, a bottom five offense in scoring points, and if yeah. like real life, they lose a lot of games, it's because they're not scoring as many points as their opponent, which also means fewer fancy points for us as well. Like it, it it's just an yeah. easy way to talk yourself out of a lot of these Chicago Bears.
1: Yeah, right. I'm trying to talk myself in, into fields, um, and that, that third preseason game helped. I mean, he looked good. Now the touchdowns went to like I think St. Brown, like Ryan Griffin got right. one, which yeah you know, tells you how weak this porting cast is, but.
0: Hayden and I have a one-on-one bet: Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields. I'm even. I'm on Trevor's train easily.
1: Well, those are my two favorite late-round, like you know, quarterback two targets in these underdog best ball drafts. I I have Lawrence ranked just ahead of Fields. I I guess I'm with you.
0: Jelani Woods was next, actually, in April. (laughs) uh, The tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. He's still learning how to play football. If he was going (laughs) to impact as a rookie, it would be truly as a post up. Uh, Jump ball, tight end. Uh, But I even thought at Virginia, like he didn't even know how to play. He's just a freak of an athlete. (laughs) Uh, Desmond Ritter was next. Uh, As you said, had some good moments, especially off of play action. Maybe we get some looks as the season closes. Like I'm sure they want to see what they have in him in week 16, 17, something like that. But at the same coin, this isn't a situation like Marcus Mariota hasn't shown anything because he has to.
1: Yeah, Mariota had a nice preseason as well. Um, you know, he's going to be. The, I I would bet on Mariota starting more games than Ritter. I do think we'll see Ritter at some point in the season, but you know, Mariota is the guy I'm I'm targeting in underdog drafts.
0: 80th overall with Greg Dolchich, another tight end now with Denver Broncos. Uh, Albert O, some weird usage this preseason. <laughs> Him and Noah Fant, you know. Some some late usage in games. It doesn't feel like he is the locked-in tight end one. They might run some multiple tight end sets, too. They lost Tim Patrick, who was the big slot receiver. Maybe Dulcich can, can play some of that. But do we have any inkling? Because Dulcich has also missed some time, too.
1: Yeah, Dulcich on short-term IR. So he's out for the first, what, three, four games of the season. Um, So, I mean, Albert O is going to have every chance to, you know, cement his place as the lead tight end in this Russell Wilson offense. So the upside is still there with Albert O. I I don't think the Broncos' new coaching staff is sold on him. I think that's why he was playing so deep in the preseason games. But, again, the opportunity is there, and we know he has upside with the athleticism.
0: Malik Willis is next. Malik Willis certainly showed that athleticism (laughs) that we all loved. I mean, just the way that he can escape pressure in the pocket, it might not all look pretty. It's, in fact, probably a situation where coaches on the sideline are going, no, 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 yes. (laughs) He's had some insane off-platform throws, too. What I've seen that I've liked the most is that he's actually attacking the middle of the field a little bit more than he did at Liberty because he was so in tune with his wide receivers on those deep shots outside the numbers, and the middle of the field was a complete wasteland for him. And so just seeing the little bit of that, uh, if we ever do see him, this season, electricity, even in wins and losses.
1: If Will starts a game this season, like I'll have him rank as a top 12 fantasy quarterback because of the rushing ability. He had 159 rushing yards on 125 preseason snaps. That's about two games worth of preseason snaps. So you're talking like 80 rushing yards a game. And that was that was nice to see too, because we know we, he put up the big rushing numbers, but it came at Liberty. So like you want to see it translate to the NFL field. And it definitely did. Like he's going to be, you know, one of the five best rushing quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, if he makes starts this season,
0: Jalen Tolbert next of the Dallas Cowboys still being drafted as, as wide receiver 65. I made the pitch Jared that like Jalen Tolbert could be the player that boost the most this preseason. Mm-hmm. If we saw like one, two or three big plays and we didn't see that at all. Obviously the Cowboys are one of these teams that rests all their starters. Uh, we haven't seen Because of that, C.D. Lamb, and maybe most importantly, Noah Brown, and I think, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jalen Tolbert's been locked in as the Cowboys slot wide receiver all of preseason, Mm -hmm. which is important because since C.D. is now working in the outside and Noah Brown's an outside wide receiver, then shouldn't we pencil in in three wide receiver sets Jalen Tolbert?
1: Yes, I think he'll be out there in three wide receiver sets. I think it's going to be Noah Brown out there in two wide receiver sets along with C.D. Lamb to open the season. Until Gallup comes back, and Gallup seems ahead of schedule. We might see him in September. So, you know, the whole Jalen Tolbert versus Noah Brown thing might not mean a whole lot if we do get Gallup back, but you know, Tol- Tolbert, like I, I wanted to like him more because the situation was so anything. good. No, I I didn't think he was that good of a prospect. Yeah, I, th- I think people were just overdrafting him based on the situation. And I think, you know, he, he was not good this preseason 0.83 yards per outrun. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think he, he might end up being a, a pretty big bust at ADP.
0: Yeah. To steal a phrase, he failed to grab that brass ring during the preseason, like one wide receiver spot after DJ Chark and I'm taking DJ Chark every single spot. And it's that same pocket that we're talking about with, you know, KJ Osborne. I'm taking KJ Osborne over in Jalen Tolbert each and every time, especially now that you consider and throw in a left tackle injury too. Um, And that Michael Gallup's back. I mean, he'll, he'll be back faster than it feels like everyone's, uh, expect him to be. So, yeah. So again, without seeing him without any massively positive reports, Jalen Tolbert's ADP hasn't really dropped that much, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm definitely taking Chark and Osborne. I I keep an eye on Simi Fihoko too. I liked him coming out. He might, he might get a chance in week one.
0: Great athlete. Okay. Next up, Rashad White still being drafted as running back 45. Uh, it even came out today. From beat writer Greg Allman, that Fournette's usage, this is a quote, will be interesting to track. Quote: He only hit 80% of Austin's snaps once in the first ten games, then basically did it in three straight contests. I think the Bucks much prefer him in the 60 to 70% range, and then this is the most important line: utilizing depth to help. Now, my question to you is that depth Rashad White or is that depth Giovanni Bernard, who is still on the roster?
1: I think it's going to be Rashad White. You know, he the first preseason game he was I think fourth in line in the running back group, um, but by the preseason finale. So you had Leonard Fournette play all 11 snaps with Brady in that preseason finale, but then Rashad white was the next running back in ahead of the rest of those guys. So I do think he's going to open the season as the number two guy. I still think he's more likely to be a handcuff than a standalone fantasy option, but he is a super high upside handcuff.
0: His receiving talent is undeniable. Like he just looks so comfortable with the ball in his hands and running routes. We even saw that during his time at Arizona state. But as you mentioned, He's not cheap. He's being drafted right around Michael Carter, who we've talked about, Mm -hmm. Alexander Madison, James Robinson, Kenneth Gainwell. Like these are proven guys, you know? And I also, it's, it's, it's to be seen if he even has the trust of Tom Brady too, which we have seen relegate some players to the bench despite their talents as well. And Leonard Fournette, no matter what they say, if, if he's the (laughs) only one to be trusted in those situations, he'll probably be out there. And if not, we know that Gio has Tom Brady's trust too.
1: Yeah, again, I think it's going to take a four not injury for Rashad White. But, I mean, if you're talking underdog ball mania, you're looking for upside. Like, to me, it's White and Madison in that range. Those are the guys who can be, you know, top ten, top five fantasy backs if the starter goes down.
0: I've been watching a lot of high-stakes drafts recently because that's what everyone's doing over the last two weeks. <laughs> and I've noticed, and shout out to, you know, Karain and Overzed and, and those dudes. Um, I scream, though, when I'm in chat because they are taking, like, Rashad White over someone like Damien Harris – yeah. And I couldn't do that. Like, I understand yeah. the upside, I know the rookie stuff and yada, yada, yada. But to me, like, Damien, and maybe I'm just so focused on early season production, I can paint a narrative and a picture so much easier of Damian Harris having so yeah. many more fancy points than Rashad White.
1: Yeah. I mean, those, <laughs> those, the ship chasing guys have a way they draft and they have a, you know, type of player they target. It's not how I draft, but I get, I mean, you know, they're going zero running back. They want the upside guy. And I do right. think, you know, ultimate upside white over damian harris you're talking range of outcomes i I still think you know harris is is the better pick
0: okay ty davis price running back 55 shout out hayden winks trey sermon is up out of here but (laughs) it's not locked into the running back two spot is it for tdp because he is absolutely facing if not well behind jeff wilson at this moment
1: yeah jeff wilson's going to be the number two back to open the season now that can change obviously um but I'm not even sure if TDP is ahead of Jordan Mason on the depth chart right now, who Ooh. is, you know, he, he went undrafted, right. For, for the Niners, he had a good camp. He uh, played ahead of Davis price in the preseason finale. So um, yeah, yeah, D- Davis price seems buried to me at this point.
0: I've theorized this. I do wonder if we're going to see more of those inside gives on zone reads, read options, like we saw with RG three, Alfred Morris, Kyle Shanahan in Washington here with Trey Lance. I think that is a clear reason why Trey Sermon was let go from this team because he just did not want to stick his nose in, run straight ahead, hit the hole that was defined for him. He just got a little too happy behind the line of scrimmage. I think we have seen TDP do that, but maybe we've seen Jeff Wilson do that. But most importantly, doesn't this just outline, even if he's back and dealt with an injury from this preseason, I don't know where you're at in Elijah Mitchell. Hayden, I've been advocating (laughs) for him over and over and over again.
1: I was kind of just getting in on Elijah Mitchell before he hurt his hamstring. Yeah. And it's like, after all the injuries he dealt with last year, he already had a hammy this August. Um, you know, he's cheap enough where he's fine to take some sh- shots, but I'm, I'm definitely not overweight on, on, Elijah.
0: Okay. Two Matt Corral injured reserve, not playing this season. What have we learned from David Bell this preseason? Because it felt like we only saw him in that final preseason game and he was playing exactly where we saw him at Purdue, which is as this bigger yes. blocking slot wide receiver.
1: Yeah, eighty one percent of his snaps in the slot in the preseason for David Bell. So that's where they have him. Now, in the preseason finale, he was behind Dimitrick Felton as the you know first team slot receiver. I don't think that's gonna last very long. Um, I think eventually you'll see Bell in there as the starting slot. Um, and, you know, it's gonna be Amari Cooper and Anthony Schwartz on the outside. Oh. <laughs> oh. I know, I know. That's why we and- love David Njoku. Yeah, this is exactly why we love David and <laughs>
0: And if there's ever going to be a ceiling for David Bell, it's when the redacted quarterback does come in because with Jacoby set a again big bodied power slot wide receiver isn't going to do much attached yeah. to an arm like like Jacoby. Okay, one more in this round uh, and it's it's Brian Robinson who by all accounts had claimed the starting running back job for for Washington and has that awful incident where he shot twice. Feels like there's some positive news though with that, where it didn't hit a bone or an artery or anything. We obviously don't have any timetable. Wish obviously Brian Robinson extremely well in his recovery. But as soon as he does come back and this coaching staff feels comfortable with him, it's going to be a much easier path to reclaim that starting gig, right? Than it was maybe from training yeah. camp week one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sure looked like Robinson was on track to enter the season as Washington's lead ball carrier you know, before the, the carjacking. Um, super sad that it happened to him. He worked so hard to get to that spot, and then that happens. It it does sound like he has a chance to be back when he's first eligible in week five, which is kind of amazing. And Washington's coaching staff obviously has issues with Antonio Gibson, and I think they want Brian Robinson to be a big part of this backfield. My only thing, though, is I, I still think Gibson's good enough to, like – play so well over these first four games that like Washington can't go back to Brian Robinson when he gets healthy. So that's good. And, and and Washington opens with it. It's Jacksonville week one, I think Detroit week two. So it's a great, you know, opening schedule again for Gibson to get off to that hot start and kind of, you know, retake over as the top back there.
0: But it's almost production is meaningless for Antonio Gibson in some ways. And it's just (laughs) holding on to the football. Like if as soon as Brian Robinson is healthy and is active and Antonio Gibson fumbles then there goes your opportunity again for Brian Robinson, but yeah, that's true. There are so many phases and factors of this that that you can't predict. That it's a it's it's a tough one. But man, he was so excited. Was so excited, and and hope we get to see it, it again. Yeah. This
1: season. R- Ryan Robinson is literally my highest owned player and underdog. because I was taking him all spring and summer in like the fourteenth round. So that, that was yeah.
0: There were a couple to close here in round three. Jeremy Ruckert, who's a backup tight end for the Jets, who actually might get a little playing time because it feels like CJ Ozoma – um, it's still not healthy coming back after the contract that he signed. I have seen though some people around the jets, hyping up Tyler Conklin as a end that yeah. maybe we should, those of us should be factoring into.
1: Yeah. Everything I've read is Conklin's probably going to be the primary, you know, pass catching guy among those three. You know, it's not super exciting, but if you do need a tight on three in the last round, Conklin might be worth considering.
0: There's also Danny Gray, wide receiver with the 49ers. Um, great with the ball in his hands, but we also saw some explosive ability. So if we know it's yeah. Depot, Samuel and Bray Nayuk, maybe we see a couple shot plays every once in a while with Danny Gray. And then maybe we get him emerging as the third wide receiver overtaking Jawan Jennings. Is that how this depth chart sits right now?
1: Yeah, I do think Jennings is the third to start the season. But um, yeah, Gray could definitely overtake him. He, he gives that offense something that's you know, lacking with that deep speed.
0: Okay. Into round four we have to start off with Damian (laughs) Pierce, who was picked 107 all the way in April. Now he's going all the way up as the running back 21. So if I can paint this picture, Jared, he was the backup running back in his first preseason game. Looked electric when he came Mm -hmm. in. Just fantastic. Then he sat out his second preseason game, which is wonderful. That's all that we wanted. And then he played every single first and second down and even some third and short snaps on Houston's first drive of that third preseason game. And since then, Marlon Mack has been cut and then also cut from the practice (laughs) squad today. So this backfield is Damian Pierce and Rex Burkhead.
1: Yes, it's Pierce as the lead runner out of the gate, no doubt about that. The receiving stuff is what we need to keep an eye on because if Pierce is losing pass catching work to Rex Burkhead on what I still think is going to be a bad Texans team that's going to be playing from behind. Um, To me, that's going to make it tough for Pierce to pay off his ADP word it is now at RB21. Um, now I think he, I think he's capable of handling the pass catching stuff. And like it's Rex Burkhead, he's, you know, what, 33, 33, 34 years old. Like how, you know, how long is he going to last? So I think there's the upside for Pierce to get there, but I think out of the gate, if he's losing pass catching stuff, you know, he's going to be inconsistent at least for
0: a team that will be behind the scoreboard, trying to get back into it. We'll say Damian Pierce has pass pro ability that he's already shown off during this preseason. Um, I'm just excited to see him, but yeah, he's going ahead of David Montgomery, Elijah Mitchell, some of the other names that we've talked about, and Chase Edmonds, so on and yeah. so forth. That's uh, it's rich, but I get it. Rich. I get it for he's what fun. he's put out he, there he, field. He's fun, yeah. He's very fun. Okay, Daniel Bellinger is next, and also Kate Otten. So quickly with Bellinger. He's the starting tight end for the New York Giants, <laughs> and no one seems to care.
1: Yeah, he is. He is. I don't think he's very good, and I don't love the offense. So, like, I'm not very excited to draft him, but he, he's going to be out on the field. You can say that, that much for him. Zamir White
0: up next. Maybe the most we've seen of Zamir White was Hall of Fame game when all of these running backs played. Since we've also seen Kenyon Drake get shipped away. So if we can take the two archetypes in the Raiders' backfield, it's passing down work that is Amir Abdullah and probably Brandon Bolden. And as the pure between the tackles runners, it's Josh Jacobs on the final year of his rookie contract with new GM and head coach in the building and the guy that they drafted in Samir white.
1: Yeah, exactly. You nailed it. I think white is going to open the season as the early down backup to Josh Jacobs. Um, I don't know. I think there's a chance he cuts into Jacobs volume throughout the year. If Jacobs misses any time and White, you know, comes in and plays well, maybe he just snatches that job. You know, Jacobs has no future with the Raiders beyond the season. It's you know, going to be White with you know potentially a shot to be that early down guy in 2023.
0: I can see that either because Josh Jacobs struggles, an injury to Josh Jacobs because he's been banged up in the past, maybe not missed games, but banged up for sure. That Zamir White, I don't know, week nine, week 10, takes that number one, quote unquote, Rushing ability now. Yep. It's not going to be in passing downs. Will it be in goal line situations too? And it's also an offensive line that we might have some questions for. But in an offense overall, I know I'm in love with Derek Carr where he's going. I'm taking a whole bunch of Devontae Adams, maybe even rank him above someone like Stefan Diggs now. Uh, I'm really in on Zamir White as his mm-hmm. price tag is running back 52.
1: Me too. Yeah. I mean, you could have, you know, 15 rushing touchdowns spread among this running back group. So if something happens to Jacobs, I think, you know, Zamir White's going to be next in line to get that work.
0: Okay, so he was the 122nd pick this past April. One spot after was Isaiah Spiller. I think you and I had a conversation about him on Twitter like a month (laughs) and a half ago. Um, I did not like Isaiah Spiller as a prospect coming out of Texas A&M, but people can find the clip. As soon as he was drafted to the Chargers, they liked him. And so I was ready just to throw my evaluation out the window. Even at that time, I think he might've been going as like a top 100 selection. Um, And now ever since... He's worked as the fourth running back behind both Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree He's also dealing with what an ankle injury now. And then yeah. they've added Sony Michelle. So the path to playing time for Isaiah Spiller looks absolutely, you know, dark <laughs> and bleak and yeah. whatever words you want to use.
1: Yeah, he was fourth on the depth chart throughout August behind uh you know obviously Eckler, Kelly, and Rountree. Then Spiller hurt his ankle in the second preseason game. He's back on the field now, so that that's good. You know, it looks like he'll be available for week one. But like you said, they they signed they they cut Larry Rountree. They signed Sony Michelle. I think Joshua Kelly's gonna open the season as number two. is probably the next guy that's gonna get a chance to push him. Um yeah, so at this point, you know, Spiller's tough to take on a best ball roster. He to me, he's like a waiver wire watch list guy in in, in redraft
0: leagues. The case I was going to make for him was that coming out of Texas A&M, a Jimbo Fisher offense, he had three down ability. They mm-hmm. were looking for someone with pass pro upside to give Austin Eckler, you know, a rest because he was the only one that was really trusted in that area last year. Yeah. And to me, that's why they brought in Sonny Michelle, not to, you know, get rid of any receiving work that Eckler has, but like if it's a passing situation. The defense sends an extra man. You had to keep in your running back. And we know that Sonny Michelle basically had that role with the Rams last <laughs> season. And that's why he played so many snaps last mm-hmm. year um but as you said like spiller it's a long long road back because he didn't yeah. win any favors unlike let's say brian robinson uh when he was out there in practice and in right. preseason games and now you have to do it with probably fewer opportunities during the year tough tough okay eric azukanma 125th overall i haven't heard one word about <laughs> eric Azukanma, a wide receiver for the dolphins all preseason have you
1: I've heard his name in a few articles. I think he's actually had a, a decent cap, but he's he's obviously buried.
0: Okay. Next PR Strong, 127th overall with the New England Patriots. I've said this. I think this Patriots backfield is completely condensed to two people now that Ty Montgomery is out for the first what three, four games of of the season. Um who knows what happens after that. I think if Ramondre or Damien or both, when they rotate series, look decent and and passing situations. Mainly I don't see a point where Pierre Strong can force a role like Ramondre mm-hmm. Stevenson did in this backfield last
1: season. Yeah, the Pierre Strong buzz was always strange to me back in like July and August. Um but yeah it sounds like he had a pretty rough camp and you know didn't earn a role. I'm not sure about Montgomery, but you know, he hasn't been placed on I in the short term IR yet, so mm. I'm not sure what his status is. But I mean, I do think if he's not ready for week one and if Stevenson gets that chance to be the passing down guy, I think he's good enough to just sort of, you know, hang on to it.
0: Can we talk a couple of tight ends? We can just bypass because they haven't done anything. <laughs> uh, Hassan Haskins was actually the 131st overall pick last April. It feels like at least for my seat, that Dontro Hilliard is yeah. the clear running back two for the Tennessee Titans, who knows what happens if Derek Henry goes down, but Hilliard at least has that quote unquote, true passing down work probably. And then we actually saw last year with Deontay Foreman that at times Dontre Hilliard was uh, trusted over him as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think when Henry is healthy, that Hilliard will play more snaps than Hassan Haskins. I don't think either guy will be a fantasy factor, obviously with a healthy Henry. I think if Henry went down, you'd you'd see a committee with probably Haskins as the early down guy and, you know, Hilliard kind of sticking in that pass catching role.
0: Okay. Next up, Romeo Dobbs. I mean, this guy has climbed like, 60, 70, 80 spots over the last few months, all the way up to wide receiver 56. Again, I will repeat that is ahead of Garrett Wilson and Jahan Dotson, who are first round rookies Mm -hmm. in this draft class. The question for Romeo Dobbs is what is his role, not just in week one, but as we go along this season, right?
1: So I actually think he's going to open the season as the fourth wide receiver. I think it's going to be Lazard, Watkins, and Cobb in the slot. I Don't think it's going to take Dobbs long to to get a shot, you know, probably to replace Sammy Watkins. And whether Watkins goes down or it's just disappointing. Um, Dobbs, by the way, did play, he played 85% of his snaps on the outside. So Green Bay sees him as an outside wide receiver. So that's why I think, you know, Watkins would be the guy that he'd overtake. I I think that'll happen, you know, by the end of September.
0: And early on, they'll probably get him on the field, even if those are the three starters, because of his downfield vertical explosive ability. And I don't think Sammy Watkins or Al Lazard bring that to the table. But in the end, we also have a wrench thrown in this too, which is Christian Watson, who was again, like the second, third or fourth pick of the second round. Uh, if he gets in the fold, then like, what does that throw in with, with Romeo Dobbs? It's just gotten really expensive, man. It's it's yes. gotten really expensive to have shares of Romeo Dobbs. Cause at least for me, he's going one pick after Joshua Palmer, who's locked into a top five passing offense. And if something happens, we know to Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, that Joshua Palmer then becomes probably a top 24 wide receiver each and every week.
1: Yeah, I, I can't even take uh, Dobbs over the other two rookies you mentioned, Garrett Wilson and Jahan Dotson. I just think they're much better players, and I'm just going to bet on town at some point. By the way, right before we came on, I heard uh, Rogers talking about Christian Watson on the Pat McAfee yeah. show. He he sounded very excited about Watson. Well,
0: that's good. That's good. He's also going ahead of Isaiah McKenzie, Russell Gage. Like, These are good football players. Yep. These are good football players. Okay. Let's keep it going. I'll try to rush it as we go along. Uh, Calvin Austin believe he's been injured for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he's only a slot wide receiver, basically. We can move yeah. on to Isaiah Likely, who, with the <laughs> Baltimore Ravens, they actually wanted Calvin Austin, but pivoted over to Isaiah Likely. And it's been a fantastic pre- preseason for Isaiah Likely. He's like the pure tight end insurance play for Mark Andrews. But also, Jared, are you optimistic at all that he could be the third contributor in passing situations among tight ends and wide receivers on this team?
1: I struggled that so much because for one, we rarely see rookie tight ends make big fantasy impacts. And we also rarely see two tight ends from the same team, you know, be fantasy relevant in the same season. But I mean, you know, we, we know this Baltimore offense is set up differently and they have nothing at wide receiver behind Rashad Bateman. And we've had multiple Ravens you know, insiders come out and say that, you know, they think likely he's going to be the third option in this passing game out of the gate. So I, I think he's, um, I think he's worth, Considering in around you know, seventeen or eighteen, I think he's probably going earlier than that now, right? Um, so maybe he's gotten a bit overpriced, but I I, I think there's a chance for Likely. I don't want to you know push in and bet big on it, but I think there's a chance he's a fantasy factor.
0: I think we'll learn a lot in week one, where because no team likes to use multiple tight ends three, four more than the Baltimore Ravens. You can easily see in tandem Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely with Rashad Bateman on the outside, or you know put Andrews on the outside, Bateman on the inside, all this cool stuff. But if they go out there and he's not a factor after what we've seen this preseason, then it's going to be a learning process to even get him in, involved in, in this offense. And if like James Prochet is out there more and more and more, or Devin Duvernay or whoever yeah. you want to say, you know,
1: and even if likely is the third receiving option, he still might not be fantasy relevant because you right. could have Bateman and Andrew soaking up, you know, 50% of this team's targets. And we know it's, you know not going to be a super pass heavy offense.
0: Round five, Sam Howell. Maybe we see him this year after the preseason that he showed, uh, I'm super pumped for the 148th overall selection. We talked about round 18 selections. Khalil Shakur, man. I mean, you talk about real dart throws. I think that can be a huge difference because let me paint Mm -hmm. the picture here with the Buffalo Bills. We know Isaiah McKenzie is locked into that starting wide receiver in the slot. Jamison Crowder is the easy pivot if something happens to him. But on the outside, it's Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs. Maybe if one of those guys goes down, they go up back and get like Emmanuel Sanders or someone that knows the offense, but let's say they don't, you know, I, I don't see Jamison or Isaiah McKenzie being pushed to the outside. I nope. see Khalil Shakur stepping in as that wide receiver three X or outside wide receiver. And that can be a huge win in round 18.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I, I think the Bill see Shakur as kind of, you know, backup option in both spots, right? He played. 42% of his snaps on the outside this preseason, 54 in the slot. So he was, you know, mixing and matching, playing both inside and outside again. So I think if you get injuries to any of these guys, and McKenzie, he's back at practice now, but he already missed, you know, a week or two uh, in late August with some type of injury. So, yeah, I think Shakir has a chance. He just needs to get on the field. He's on the he's field for this Bills too. passing game. Yeah,
0: yep. he, has, he has looked really, really good. Where are you at on, on Tyler Algier, who's next up on our list? Was the 151st overall pick, actually the 147th overall pick, in underdog drafts this year. He's still being drafted as the running back 48, despite us only seeing Cordero Patterson for like two snaps. And then Damian Williams also being on this roster.
1: Yeah. I mean, Patterson has his role. I think you know, I, you could see him more in the, you know, more work in the passing game less in the, in the running game this year, but Damian Williams is going to open the season as this team's number two back. Um, Algier could pass him at some point. I don't, I don't think Williams is a big talent. He's 30 years old now, um, but RB 48s eights too. Too pricey for me for Tyler Algier. Very
0: because it's a it's a bad team. Yeah, bad offensive line, and he's almost being drafted as if it's inevitable at some point this season. He just takes over as a starting running back because that's ahead of like Jamal Williams, Zamir White, Khalil Herbert. Again, I'm just repeating exactly what you said, but I almost have no Tyler Algier in season long redraft formats.
1: And he, I mean, he's a fine runner. He's not super exciting. He's not a big play guy. He, I. It, it's tough for me to see him being a real fantasy asset on a you know bad Falcons offense.
0: Stop me if you want to talk about any of these names. I'll run through them quickly. Snoop Connor seems to be the third running back on the Jacksonville Jaguars, but now that James Robinson is basically a you know fully back to whatever mm-hmm. percent he's at, that's almost irrelevant. Jerome Ford, uh, there's been no movement of any of these backup running backs. So despite an explosive run or two that he had in the preseason, there's a long way to production for Jerome Ford. Uh, we have mantra Washington with the Denver Broncos and maybe two names. You do want to talk about here, Cal Phillips starting slot receiver for the Tennessee Titans. It feels like right now. And also Kyron Williams, the running back for the Los Angeles Rams.
1: Yeah. Phillips would be more interesting to me if he was on the bills or the boxer team, that yeah. actually use three wide receivers, you know, the Titans don't do that a whole lot. So, you know, he, yeah, he's a good player, nice little player, but I don't think he's going to have a fantasy impact this season. Yeah. Kyron Williams. Interesting. I mean, he's, yeah, he missed a bunch of time early in August. He's healthy now. Sean McVay said he was available for the preseason finale, but, but McVay opted to hold him out because he's going to be, I think McVay used the word integral part of the plan this season. So we'll see. I mean, that that Rams, back, I've lost so much sleep over that Rams backfield trying to figure <laughs> it out. And now if Williams is going to be a factor as well, um, man, I, I want to invest in it, but I have no idea how it's going to shake out.
0: So let's investigate it if you can't invest in it, okay? <laughs> I think he's going to fill in for that pure pass pro player um now is that like exciting for us no but that's where he was best at at notre dame like he was already so good in picking up blitzes and everything now did he look like a slower miles gaskin as a runner for sure at least in my opinion um but if that is important to this team i wouldn't be shocked if we see I don't know, 10 snaps from Kyron Williams in, in week one in like pure passing situations, you know?
1: Yeah, that, that's that's possible. To me, I, I think McVay is committed to moving away from the battle back and going Same. to more of a committee. And I think it's going to be Akers and Henderson. So I think to me, Kyron Williams' value is if Akers or Henderson miss time. And, you know, both of those guys have had trouble staying on the field. If either of those guys miss time, then maybe Kyron becomes someone that plays, you know, 30 or 40% of the snaps and, you know, can be a fantasy factor. Okay,
0: let's ditch the list for the rest of the way. Isaiah Pacheco, weird summer, okay? Yeah. I, I don't even know how to to narrate this one because he was the clear fourth back on this team, then had a lot of run early in training camp with some really explosive plays because the Chiefs beat writers are fantastic at putting those out there on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> he also had some fans in the fantasy football community. That has pumped now Isaiah Pacheco to... Running back forty-seven, despite from my seat, and you can disagree. C.H. as the clear one, Jarek yes. McKinnon in passing situations, and Ronald Jones not being cut. This is this is rich for Pacheco it's, right now.
1: It's rich, yeah. I think he's going to open the season as kind of the backup to both edwards Layer as the early-down guy and the backup to McKinnon because you know they, the Chiefs have used Pacheco in passing situations. I think they do already, you know, trust them enough in those situations. So I think he's kind of the backup to both guys. Um, so an injury to either might make him fantasy relevant, but like, I, I don't think he's going to get more than, you know, a few touches in, in week one. If he wasn't on the chiefs, this would be like <laughs> running back 60, you know? Yes, I totally, totally. But I mean, it's, it's fair to pump someone up because he's on the chiefs. Sure. Like, yeah, so for sure.
0: Okay. Last thing that I have, unless you have others you want to talk about is Jalen Warren. Um, he was the only running back this past final preseason game to see playing time in the yep. first half suggesting that he is maybe the backup to Najee Harris, who was the only running back last year to claim 70 plus percent of his team snaps. Uh, has he overtaken in your eyes, Benny Snow?
1: I, I think so. I mean, at least based on, well, we had a Steelers beat reporter say that he thought Warren had become the the number two. I don't remember who it was, but that was in like late, late August before that third preseason game. Um, then, like you said, Warren got a few snaps with the starters in the preseason finale. Then he Started the second half with the backups over Benny Snell, and Snell was still playing in the fourth quarter of that game. Benny Snell is just not good, like. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not. I'm not surprised that Jalen Warren has overtaken um, Snell. Now, I'm still not convinced if Harris went down that like Warren would become this 80 percent snap player. But if you if you do want a Steelers backup running back, I, I do think Warren's the guy you want to pick.
0: Okay. Any other names you want to talk about, or are we good? I,
1: I think we're good. <laughs> I mean, we just hit on about 50 names
0: out there. Yeah. For all you Vikings people asking where Ty Chandler is, maybe he gets a couple explosive this season. But hey, despite all of you wanting him out of town, Alexander Madison still lives. Jared, you're the man. This was almost exactly an hour. We did it. We covered the entire rookie class. And I can't tell people enough to go and check out everything you're doing over at Draft Sharks. Have loved all your content all preseason long. Love talking with you and interacting with you because you bring a different perspective than I do a lot of times. And uh, again, I know you guys do all the work and everyone can check out all of your links and stuff in the description down below.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we did this. It was good to get a refresher on these rookies. Uh, Appreciate you having me on, Josh.
0: Of course, man. Of course. All right, everyone. We're back here Thursday, six o'clock. Game by game preview show. It's here. Week one, NFL kickoff. When's the rest, Jared? When is the rest? All right. For Hayden, Shay, Sermon, and Jerry, I'm Josh. Talk to y'all soon.